People always want to know what it's like to be me. How does it feel to see a dead body? Tell a family their loved one has been murdered. Talk to a rape victim. Catch a killer. And get them to confess. Hold on tight, my friends. Get ready for the journey. And welcome to Murder with Menina. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Murder with Menina. I hate to say I'm excited about this case because it's super, super sad, but um, I didn't know anything about it, and it kind of ha- it happened here in Indiana, in Ohio, in Kentucky. And so um, he is actually known as a serial killer. His name is Harry Edward Greenwell, and he's what we call the I-65 serial killer. So I-65 is a major interstate, and I don't know how far south it runs, but um, if you take it to in, if you take it from Indianapolis north, it'll take you all the way up into Chicago and in Michigan. And then if you take it all the way south, you can go south for a long, long time. I think all the way to Florida. So anyway, major, major um, uh, interstate. But he was an American serial killer, robber, and rapist who had killed at least three female hotel clerks along Interstate 65 in Indiana and Kentucky. Now, three female, uh, killed three female, but they really think he's involved in a lot more, um, but they weren't able to prove it. Um, and this happened between 1987 and 19, 1989, and I was a junior in high school at the time. But a little bit of background on Harry Edward Greenwell. He was born in Louisville, Kentucky in 1944. In 1963, um, he was arrested. So what, he'd have been 19 He was arrested for the first time for armed robbery, and he did two years. In 1965, um, he was arrested again on a sodomy charge. So now he's like 22. Now he's went from robbery to sodomy. Four years later, he was paroled from the Kentucky State Penitentiary. And in 1978, um, his wife died in a house fire in Wisconsin. Um, a short time later, he met a 39-year-old single mom and married her, and she had just recently come from an abusive relationship. So he spots these people pretty easily. Mm. Um, they had a son together. Yes. 1982, he was arrested again for burglary, but escaped twice and recaptured. Um, and then he was released in 1983. So you can kind of see this little trend here. He gets arrested, but he's not in for very long. Uh, February 21st of 87, he sexually assaulted and shot um, Vicky, 41-year-old Vicky Lucille Heath, who was a night clerk at the Super 8 Motel in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Um, the lobby and the crime, uh, the lobby was the crime scene, and it shows severe signs of a struggle and a fight. Um, the phone had been uprooted from the wall. Her body was found in a trash bin near the motel. And this is why I always tell you, don't stay these shitty-ass hotels that you like to stay at. Um, <laughs> I knew that yeah. was coming. But she was found in a trash bin near the motel. Um, she spent, my vic- the victim here spent most of her life in Kentucky. She um, had both a son and a daughter, and they were starting their adult life at the time of her murder. She had been recently engaged and was earning extra money, so she took a night shift job at the Super 8 right off the interstate. Um, The Mm, 911 call said that the lobby was in total disarray um, and that no clerk was found. So people came in to check in, said that the lobby was a mess. Um, She was found with with her clothes tore up, 
She appeared to have been shot in the head. Uh, there was one set of muddy footprints um, that left that led away from her body, which ended um, where tire tracks started. Now we're in the eighties here. Okay. The autopsy shows she had been robbed, beaten, sodomized, and shot twice in the head with a 38 caliber handgun. 38 caliber bullets were recovered um, in the ground after going through her body. Several mm-hmm. footprints were photographed. There was a rape kit, rape kit done and you and usable DNA was found. Uh, after numerous detectives worked the case and waiting and they, and they were waiting for more advancements in DNA. Um, they sent that they did send the DNA off in 2010. There was a hit um, in CODIS and CODIS uh, stands for the combined DNA index system. And it matched the DNA of an unknown offender known as the I-65 serial killer who was wanted in Indiana for the March 3rd, 1989 sexual assault and murder of a day's in clerk. And her name was Petty Gill um, and another woman, Jean Gilbert and the rape and stabbing of another um, woman that survived in an attack in 1990. So if we rewind a little bit, now we're at March 3rd, 1989. He killed two hotel clerks along I-65. 24-year-old Margaret uh, Maddie Peggy Gill, who was a night auditor. She was sexually assaulted, shot twice in the head. Her body had been dumped in a back hallway. There was $179 taken. Um, She worked at the Days Inn in Merrillville, Indiana, which isn't very far from Chicago. A write off of 65. Um, she was a student um, at Sawyer Business College and had been working at the Days Inn for a year and a half. She was the youngest of four children, described as shy, soft spoken, and quiet. She was still living with her parents. Um, her boss said she liked working the late shift, the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift, because it was quieter and less hectic. This guy's a piece of shit. So four hours later, after that, after her murder and sexual assault, um, Greenwell shot and sexually assaulted 34-year-old J.N. Gilbert. She was a part-time auditor at the um, Remington, Indiana, Days Inn. Um, She was found in the early morning hours near a roadway. Um, $247 was taken, and both these victims were shot with 22 caliber handguns. This is a crazy guy. I didn't even know about this case. I've never heard about I know. this case So either. Jan was 34, and she was studying business um, at St. Joseph College. She was recently divorced and had a 12-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter. Oh. Now we're into oh, January God, 2nd women. of 1990. Greenwell attacked a 21-year-old hotel clerk at the Columbus, Indiana Days Inn. Um, he sexually assaulted her, stabbed, and robbed her, but she survived. Um, um, she described him and, and a composite drawing was produced. DNA evidence linked it to the 1989 murders. So in 1991, mm. he sexually assaulted and stabbed another woman in Minnesota. Then he went to Minnesota. She survived and one gave, and she gave a similar description. This one was officially linked to the others in 2013. So, the murders were considered cold until 2008 when DNA from evidence was submitted. In 2010, the Kentucky State Police announced the DNA linked 
the three murders and we're officially dealing, you know, and we're officially dealing with a serial killer and linked him to at least four cases in several states where female hotel, hotel clerks working along I-65 were sexually assaulted and robbed. He Greenwald was identified as a killer through a DNA match with a close family member. Indiana State Police announced the identification in April of 2022 and believed he was involved in other violent crimes in the Midwest. He was never arrested, however, because he died in 2013 in Iowa due to cancer. He was 68. <gasps> Can you believe that shit? 68. He's 68 years old. Wow. And he moved to Iowa. And he <gasps> moved to Iowa. Can you believe this? I never so even knew. Combined, how many people, how many p- murders so have they tied they to tied him? tied three murders to him. At least three murders. But okay. they're now just going back because this just all came out in 2022, going back and looking at old cases along I-65. And they think he was involved in the gazillion of them. Um, but <gasps> he was never he was never arrested. He was never arrested. So what's interesting, like I-65, you know, like any other major interstate, they've got these hotels right off the exit. You know, so this was going along. But this was in the 80s. You know, and so it wasn't, and I don't, it, from what I could tell, it didn't get a lot of um, press. He wasn't deemed a serial killer for a long time. So it wasn't like one of those things where it got out and you needed to start paying attention if you were a female auditor or clerk working at a hotel. Right, right, exactly. That's the shame of it, that it wasn't made more public so that people could protect themselves or camera or security systems put exactly. in. Exactly. Or cameras and lobbies. So you wonder, especially, and when you start thinking about, like, even when you think about Ted Bundy, like, that got out. Why did that get out more than, like, this? You know, because it's still the same. There's right. so, there wasn't social media. There wasn't, you know, the news 24 hours a day. And it's like, how does some get out and some don't? You know, because you would. And in the 80s, in the 80s, there were such things as security cameras, yeah. right? They, the hotels could have done that had they known that but not, there was a not serial at the killer Super the in the day. And preying on. Yeah, I know. Not at the Super That's 8. so sad. Mm-hmm. Interesting that, they, that he preyed on the hotel clerks. It makes right. sense. What are the chances somebody else is going to be there? What are the chances they're going to be female, not right. male, all alone, unprotected? Kind of makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And he got, so you have to know that he has been involved. I mean, for, from a predator's perspective, I'm talking about makes sense. Easy prey. Yep. Yep. And he, you know, so, but what's interesting, you look at his background, like it's not like he started his, his, um, crime spree or started getting arrested when he was 18 years old. And what's interesting, and he even got arrested again. Um, his second time he was arrested for sodomy, but he got out like, it's like he kept getting out. So he never spent, I don't think he spent longer than about two or three years for his charges um, that he started when he was 18. So um, just an interesting case. I don't know. I just found it and I couldn't believe it. Do we know anything, do we know anything about his life before he died other than he had cancer or what kind of cancer? Was he married? Did well, he, he, have kids? he was do, married did, at one point. Um, cause he married that one. Well, he was married twice. He married one, the one twi- and twice. It would be okay. interesting to look back and I should do that. Cause his, his first wife was killed in a house fire. <gasps> uh Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> And what about the second wife? the second one? wife, had, I couldn't find anything on that. I was just trying to... Like, that's what I'm wondering. When he died at 68, what was his situation? Did he have a relationship? Did he have well, a Well, he had life? kids. Was he all alone? Wouldn't it be Did fun he... to go and interview oh. the kids? 
I'm going like, to I'm going like, to try to it's find it's crazy. One. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Harry Edward Greenwell. So if anyone's listening that was familiar um, with this case, we're going to deep dive into it a little bit more. If you guys have any information on it, I knew nothing about it. I'd never heard nothing of that. It. It and I guess it wow. takes three people, three people to be lit, to be considered a serial right. killer. Um, but it's just crazy how some get really national attention. I mean, obviously Ted Bundy, but you know, why did that get so popular? I mean, why did it just, jump off and get so popular. I mean, we know why Dahmer did because of the gruesomeness sure. of his Well, Ted Bundy crimes, also because but... he was so tremendously unassuming, educated, yes. handsome, charming, I guess. Wasn't he charming? I think um, just the last yeah, person you'd expect to have such a satanic streak. Yeah. Hmm. Serial killers are intriguing, but when you go back and you look at the history you know, they start out doing small stuff and then it just escalates, escalates. But I bet you he assaulted. And so, I mean, I bet you we're probably looking at 20, 30, maybe even 40 people. And I just wonder what the kids, what kind of father he was to the kids. Because some of those people, some of those serial yeah. killers really seem to have lived a pretty, done a pretty good job at living that double life. Like, for instance, oh, the, do we know anything about Delphi? What's the latest on Delphi? We don't know a lot. I haven't heard anything. So that's crazy to bring this up. So, right, the, the probable cause came out. Um, there's a change of venue. Um, you know, the trial, I think, is set for sometime next year. And then it just went crickets. It literally went crickets. But the more people I've talked to, it, it's a really, it's obviously a disturbing case from the beginning. But what's even more disturbing, and we've mentioned this before, was the probable cause or the lack, lack of, of probable, probable cause, cause. Right that they have. I'm scared for this to go to right. trial. You have been saying I that really all along that you don't think there, you think there may not be enough evidence to convict him. And then he would get away I, I with mean, murder if he's done it. He would get away but, with and murder and not be able to be tried. And you also said all along with Delphi from the very beginning, he's, he's still here. He's living in the town. He's, yeah. in, he's, he's here in yeah. plain sight. You said it from the very beginning. Yeah, you was. knew it. I mean, Absolutely. Was, Part of the community. I mean, he's serving you at the CVS. Yeah, He's even so serving I think, the parents unless, of the survivors, printing pictures yeah, for them. Unless they have withheld some evidence, um, I just don't see how they're going to win that. Yeah. I just don't see That's how they're going to win it based on that probable cause. I hope so, they know. I hope they've anyways. kept things under wraps. You know, even if it is illegally, yeah. so that they, I hope they pull something out of their hat at right. the last minute in trial. That's uh Well, this it, this is yeah. interesting that I I. I-163? I-65. I-65. I'm going to look that up, too. I'd just love yeah. to know what it's kind crazy. of life he lived and up until 68 yeah. years old. I mean, that was his life. That, and you know that if he killed right. that many people, he had kids, he was in a marriage, but you know that it was always in the back of his mind. It was always this program that oh, was yeah. running. Who am I going to get next? What am I going to do? Fantasizing about it. But... You know, and so these poor kids had to live with a father that literally was had that running through his mind. Well, yeah, and then like the victims. I mean, they the one victim she had twelve oh, year old awful. and a seventeen year old. I mean, that's yeah, just horrible. Awful. Oh, it's just his and they've just gone through this whole entire life, gone through this entire life with ha nobody being held responsible. That's just the hardest part. Nobody you know, that being... he got away with it, and also that it wasn't in the media so that other hotel clerks could be on alert. There could be some layer yeah. of protection in place that the cops would know be, you know, patrol those yeah. hotels. 
along the well, kudos to the detectives, you know, with with collecting the evidence and keeping the DNA sure. and doing all that. Because, you know, as we're advancing, it's going to be harder and harder to get away. I'm hoping it's going to be harder and harder to get away with crimes um, like this because of uh, the advances in DNA and the family genealogy and all of that stuff that, you know, people are into and people are doing that, you know, maybe it'll help, but just people won't do it. I don't know. Or they'll think of you know, better ways to get away with it. But how did you find that case? You know what? Sometimes I just, I'm kind of into right now as we've been, um, you know, talking about my cases, just hitting kind of Indiana cases. Mm -hmm. So I just Googled, you know, I don't know what I put in there, crazy cases in Indiana or unsolved cases in Indiana. And I just started to do the research on it. And I really wanted to talk about the victims and kind of what their life was about and and give you a little bit of history about them and what they were doing and why they were working. Um, But yeah, I just kind of, I'm into talking about Indiana cases that haven't, you know, been solved or that are really intriguing because we have a lot, we had the I 70 killer as well. And that's the other major interstate. And I could talk about that on another episode. Uh, But he was just picking up hitchhikers and prostitutes, killing them and then dumping them off I-70. So it's another major interstate. During what Um, period of time? uh, It was in the early seventies, I think. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, but a lot of interesting cases. (laughs) Yeah. When people hitchhiked, right? Gosh, scary. So anyways, if you guys have any cases that you want me to talk about, or if you know, especially my Indiana listeners that knew about this guy, didn't know anything about him, but it was kind of intriguing and scary. And the amount of DNA that was left at these scenes with these rapes and the you know, and, and the one, there was a woman, um, that he assaulted in Columbus, Indiana, and she survived. So she really fought the shit out of him and came up with a composite and, and really helped with that. So, um, yeah, crazy case. So anyways, guys, well, thanks again, we thank you for listening. Give us a shout out, give us a rating. We appreciate it. And we will see you next time on murder with Menina. If you have a cold case you'd like Chris to review, submit it through our website at murderwithmenina.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Murder with Menina and Twitter at Murder W. Menina. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Murder with Menina.